1 John 5, 18 through 21, and we're going to concentrate on the last two verses. Now, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come. And have given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in the son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children. Keep yourselves from idols. Amen. 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 Precious Lord. Our prayer. We said this morning. Our prayer should Always to include, lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. 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 Let's uh, let's push it just just a little bit in review. We talked last week. We talked last week about the true and eternal God. And wait a minute, I'm on the wrong notes. Amen. Stay with me. <laughs> Amen. We know that we are of God again in verse 18. That was a constant theme of John. When we get toward the end of his chapter, I believe he's getting stronger with it because it's important. It's important that we know that we are of God. And this world that we live in will reaffirm that. This world will let us know that we ain't part of it because we won't participate in some of the things it's doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, not that not that we might not we may have a desire to, but that spirit, the spirit of God that's in you, has a, has a restraint on the things that it will allow you to do. You know, am I by myself? Okay, that 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 spirit that's in you is going is a restraining spirit. It's not going to allow you to do some things. Some things you can do. Some things you 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 hear ever you ever hear somebody you know do something. You say hey, there's no way in the world he did that. Okay, there's no way that he done that because his his conversation and his relationship with you and with the Lord has been such that th- there's no way that's possible. Right. Okay. There's that's no way because the spirit of God will not allow us to do so many, some things. Okay. So we know that whosoever is born of God, sin of not, sin of not again, past, present, future. The believer is not going to live a life of constant sin. It's not, the spirit is not going to allow it. Okay. And, if, and if the fact that if you can do that, it's an indication, it may be strong evidence that you need to put some work in. Amen. Okay? You need to put some work in. And we know, verse 19, again, and we know we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. All right? I don't believe anybody in this church is out 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, out, out just hanging out. Because we already know that this world is crazy. Amen. Okay? There's some stuff going on in this world that the best place to be is at home. Okay? Amen. You don't want to be a part of it. You don't want to get caught up. Mm-hmm. You can get caught up. Okay? Our parents back in the day used to, t- I don't know about y'all, I know I'm pretty sure what kind of crowd this is, but nothing good happens after 12 o'clock. Okay? 
nothing good happens after 12 o'clock. And when, when, when we see our kids hanging out 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, there ain't, ain't nothing good coming out of that. Okay? And most of us will be sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. Okay? Because we know if the phone rings 2, 3 o'clock and your kids ain't home, ain't nothing good coming out of there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I talked last week. I'm just going to review it. I'm going I'm to I'm jump. I talked last week. I thought this was a fascinating verse, Colossians 1, 3. And, and, and how do we know we of God? See, we have to know this. We don't want to be confused about this. I don't think, I don't think you want to be confused about who you are in Christ. I think you need to know emphatically. Okay? And, I mean, certain things you know emphatically. All right? I can sit here and look around this room, and I know that that's that Columbus and Toya is married. I know that. Okay. I look back there. I see my wife. I know that's my wife. Amen. Okay. Okay. Let me say this. Let me, let me read this first and watch this. Colossians one thirteen. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness? Let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. You have to know. You have to know. I talk to so many people and they, well, I say, you know, after you pass, and, and I'm pretty dogmatic as a chaplain, after you pass, what's going to happen? And, and, and they'll say, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. It, it, you can't hope you're going to heaven. Right. Okay? You got to know you're going to heaven. This is not some toss-up thing. This is not something that we, you know, that, that, that we happen to just drop into heaven. You got to know you're going. People say, well, that's arrogant. Well, if it's arrogant, then be arrogant. Okay, because it's not based on anything you do. It's based on what God has done. You gonna have some bad days. Don't let your bad days make you think that you going you ain't going to heaven because you had a bad day. Amen. Okay. Now, if you had a bad five years, if you had a bad five years, then there's some price, some room for some concern there. If you had a bad five years, okay. But 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 but. The writer of Colossians is saying, who have delivered us from the power of darkness. And anybody here, both hands go up. Darkness has some power. Darkness Amen. has some power. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. For by grace are you saved through faith and not Amen. of yourself. Not of yourself. You didn't will your way into a relationship with God. God right. gave you the power to be delivered. You didn't, you, you didn't say, well, you know what? Uh, I think I'm a change my life today and stop drinking and stop cussing and stop fornicating and stop you, you, you're not going to do that God has to empower you okay to walk away from some things you can't you're not going to walk away from some things on your own so he says who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of heaven and last week I talked about that word translated I thought it was an interesting word turned us, changed us, delivered us, converted us. That word translated. We've been converted. Converted. This is why John said you need to know if you've been converted or not. I remember my father got his open heart surgery. He had open heart surgery. He knew he had open heart surgery. Okay? How did he know? Well, first of all, he knew because he had a big old scar going down his chest because back in the 70s when they did it, they broke that, they broke that chest cavity, pulled your heart out, set it on the table and worked on it, then put it back in you. Okay? So he knew he had heart surgery. It's gone? Yep. 
So he, he knew that. And at the same time, and at the same time, he knew that he had been translated or had a new heart because how he felt. He felt good. Okay. My father liked to talk about cars and he would and back then they had carburetors in cars. You don't have carburetors anymore. And and he said it was like having a new carburetor. It was like everything was just running smooth, you know? <laughs> everything was just running smooth. So so you need to know. Okay, you need to know. Ephesians says, for you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. How do children of light walk? Walk in the light. They walk in the power and authority of God. They understand that they've been delivered. They've been delivered. They ain't running around here worried about every little thing. Is there anything worse? Then a Christian, someone telling you they've been translated, they've been born again, they feel with the power of God and worry about everything. That's just the two don't go together. The two don't go together. One of one of one of my favorite verses that I talked about last week, and I'm gonna jump to this week. First Peter 2 9. Watch what it says. Here's Peter talking to these people who were going through, they were under the, the rule of Nero. Okay, so so they were being used as candles and at parties. They were being thrown in the lion's den, and and because of their faith, okay, so they wouldn't they wouldn't deny Jesus. So they would have to fight a lion that they probably hadn't fed in a week, and 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 that was a pretty 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 done deal. But they still this was what they was up to, what they was into. Watch what Peter says. Watch what Peter says, and and he's trying to he's trying to encourage these people. Watch what he says in 1 Peter 2, 9. Because he's really saying you ain't got nothing to worry about. Okay? So many of us have so much on our plates and we have so many things we're worrying about and we can't praise God. Amen. Okay? You can't praise God and worry at the same time. Okay? And a lot of folks trying to do it. They're trying to praise God and they're and they, and they full of, of, of of worry. He says, but you are a chosen generation. I messed this up. He says, you are a chosen generation. Okay. I'm all over the place today. I'm sorry. Did that really tell up like that? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. He says, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Now here's Peter talking to these people. He says, you've been chosen. You're a chosen generation. What's he trying to do? Encourage them. They have reason to be a little down. They might have reason to, to question what God's will for, for, for their lives was because they were being tortured. They were being brutalized. He said, but you're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Okay? He, he really tried to say, you, you haven't bound. Okay, no matter what go on down here, you haven't bound. I like to I like to think all those folks that got wiped away in, in Kentucky, all them folks that you know the chances of all of them being saved is probably slim. But I, I pray that a lot of them knew the Lord. A lot of them knew I hope a lot of them knew the Lord. Okay. He says, You're a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show, show forth. The praises of him that has called you out of darkness. Think about this. Somebody try to tell you to show four praises and you going through 
the very worst time in your life. And here's Peter saying, you need to show forth praises. What's he saying? In, in, in that sense, what's he saying? You got to praise God in the good times and in the bad times. Okay? Can you do that? I guess that would be the question. I think Peter was like, can you do that? Can you praise them when they get ready? Remember, Peter got crucified upside down. Now, any, any, anybody in their right mind facing crucifixion, you would think the last thing on their mind would be for them to say, you don't, don't crucify me that way. Crucify me upside down. I'm not worthy of being crucified like my Savior. So this just shows you where Peter was at. He wasn't just flapping his gums, okay? When it came to him dying, he had a, he had a God consciousness that he was not worthy to die like his Savior. He said, crucify me upside down. So, he, so really, he said, hey, you, you, do what you got to do. He said that you should show praises to him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's, it, the praising don't stop. Okay? The praising don't stop. We're we going to praise God through COVID. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of folks, they can't praise God through COVID. You know, we got stuff going on. We can't praise. You can't praise God in COVID. Okay? It's not selective. It's not something that we, that we can choose to do or not to do. You're going to praise God. It is what it is. Let's get to where we're going today. That was just a review. How about that? Amen. 1 John 5, 20. I like this. And we know that the Son of God has come. How do we know he come? How do we know he's come? He said he was coming. Matter of fact, John, John is writing this. John walked with him. John talked with him. John, one of John's names was the disciple that Christ loved. John was probably the youngest of all the disciples, of all the apostles, but he was always close to Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus told, told John he may never die. Okay? Peter didn't take too kindly of that. But, 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 but John was the disciple that Jesus loved. John was the disciple that Jesus told to take care of my mother. He said, take care of my mother. Okay. So, so John had a relationship with Jesus that probably was a little bit different than all the rest of the apostles. But John wrote this. He says, that which was from the beginning. John 1.1. 1, 1, 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. Okay. We have a long time ago we read this. Which we have heard. Okay. Which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of God or the word of life. So John, John heard Jesus. John had an ear for the things that Jesus said. Okay? He had an ear for the things that Jesus said. And he saw Jesus. He said, I saw him with my own eyes. Okay? Okay? He said, I saw him with my own eyes. And, and he said, and we have looked upon him. They had sweet fellowship. With Jesus. And then he said this. And our hands have handled him. I mean they touched him. They hugged him. They kissed him. They, they, I mean they were close. When you're close to people. You know bumping and shaking hands. I can imagine these disciples in their relationship with Jesus. And, and then John calls him the word of life. He calls him the word of life. Why does he call him the word of life? Think about that. Why does he call him the word of life? Because he is the word of life, of course. But, but, but we can't handle Jesus like John did. But what can we handle? We do, it, we do it well on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning. What can we handle? 
We handle it every time we open up the scriptures and, and we, if we clean through them and we fuss about them and we, we come up with different ways of thinking. Guess what we're doing? We're handling the word of life. Amen. Okay? Think about what, how Jesus had to deal with these disciples. They, they, wasn't, they wasn't the smartest bunch. He had to deal with them a whole lot of times. Remember, they was in the boat. They were traveling. Jesus told them, I'll meet you on the other side. So once he said, I'll meet you on the other side, he's a man of his word. He, they were going to get to the other side, but they got to the middle. And the waves and stuff started coming, and then they, they, they started panicking. They started panicking. And then and, and Jesus said, ye uh, little faith. Meaning, I told you I was going to meet you on the other side. So why y'all out here tripping? Okay. How do we know? How do we know that the sun has come? We we sit here and talked about it this morning. He said it was prophesied that he was going to come. Okay, I, I, I talked to these people. And well, you know they're still prophets today. What they prophesying? What they prophes? What they what they what they prophesying? Nothing. All they can prophesy is what's already been written, and that ain't prophesying. That's studying the word of God. Okay. God God in His own word said. He said John was the last prophet. Uh-huh. Okay? He said John was the last prophet. Matthew, I believe, 11, 18 or 18, 11. He says John the Baptist was the last prophet. Well, I can't find any after him. Matter of fact, the prophets all prophesied the law. When Jesus came, what did he do? What did Jesus do to the law? The Bible said he didn't come. I didn't come to destroy the law. I was a fulfillment of the law. So if he came to fulfill the law and the law of the prophets, well, if the law of the prophets is fulfilled, then that was, it's not hard for me. See, there are no more prophets. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. Isaiah, he said, for unto us a child will be born. No, I, I messed it up, didn't I? Yes, I did. I did it on purpose. For unto us a child is born unto us a child, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And watch this. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Okay? No, you know, it's ends or buts about it. And we know that the Son of God is coming. Amen. It's coming. And if, and if that's not enough, let me, let me, I can get some Christmas in here. It's, it's just the most wonderful time of the year. I, I can get some Christmas in here. Can I get y'all a Christmas spirit verse? And there were, Luke 2 8, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field. Now we talk about, we know the Lord has come, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find that babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying where? In a manger. So we know that he's come. Now, now everybody don't know he's coming. Everybody don't know he's coming. See, everybody hasn't been given understanding 
Okay? That's a big word. That's a big word. John, John is talking to his people. He's talking to believers. Remember, he's talking to believers. He's saying the message didn't go out to people who don't believe. You try to explain Christianity to people who don't believe, they look at you like, that's, that's okay for you, Grandma. That's okay for you, Papa. But for me, forget it. Don't make sense. It don't make sense. Okay? It don't make sense because you haven't been given the understanding. Remember, remember Jake, when it didn't make sense? But then when God... When God opened our eyes, it made sense. Amen. See, there was a time it didn't make sense to Paul until God knocked him off his high horse. Amen. Okay? Watch this. First, great verse. And we know that the Son of God has come and have given us an understanding. An understanding for what? That we may know him that is true. Giving us an understanding. How about that? How about that? He's given us an understanding. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith gives you an understanding and not of yourselves. Okay? Because when we was on our own of ourselves, we didn't want no understanding of God. We was, if anything, we want to understand how we can be big ballers. Okay? We want to be world beaters. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, okay? Being given an understanding of the things of God is a gift of God, a gift that you can only get from God. You're not going to get this from the world. You're not getting this from the world. You can club hard. You can ball hard, but the world not going to teach you about God. They'll teach you about God, but it won't be the one that we worship and praise. It'll be the, the little G one. They got, they got a lot to talk about with him. Listen, watch this. Watch this. I don't even got so many, so much coming in my mind. Here we go. Colossians 1, 1 Corinthians 1.30. What a wonderful verse. He's talking about being wise. Being wise. We interchange that with being given understanding. So you got to beg for wisdom. You, you know, you, you got to beg for wisdom. You get a taste of it, and you got to say, you know what? Because... That temptation, remember we talked about the parable of the four soils, the first one, no chance, the second one, the roots don't go down deep enough, you know, and, and the reason I talk about the parables all the time, because if you truly serious about the things of God, you want the roots to go down deep, you want the roots to go down deep. I, I, I had a preacher when I first, when I first got saved and first started talking about pastoral ministry and different things, he told me this, he said, just play simple, make sure your roots go deep. He said, make sure your roots go deep. I never forgot that. Make sure your roots go deep. See, your roots don't go deep. You pop up too fast. Right. And then when all hell break out in your life, then you go right back to your old ways. We see more of that than we don't see. We see more folks coming to the church and coming to religion and coming to Christianity. And, and the root system will go down deep enough. And as soon as adversity comes, trials come, gone. Gone. We won't get the roots down. Takes time to get the roots down. Takes time to get the roots deep. You know, we see we so quick. We we got a microwave mentality. We want it right now. Sometimes you got to labor with that thing. You got to study with that thing. I tell folks. I tell folks to come to the gym. I say, listen, let me tell you something. You you're not gonna get any results coming to the gym every other week. You you got to put it the back, the back, the back. Now you didn't train a year straight, two years straight. I, I sat here and told some people we was talking and seen them in a while, and and I said I've been training consistently for forty five years. 
for 45 years. Okay. Now, now I wish I could have been serving the Lord for 45 years like that. But that's, you know, God's God, God's ways ain't ours. Okay. But they're biblical. The lessons that I learned from training, they, they apply a lot to scriptures because a whole lot of days getting to the gym was the hardest part. Okay. Getting to the gym is the hardest part. Once you get there, you know, I, I can take care of business. But getting out of bed some days. Some days I sit in the parking lot. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Be like, I, I, yeah, should I go in? I still got a chance here. You know? But, but, but it's, it's the same way with Christianity. You want to get the root system down. Watch what, watch what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He said, but of him are you in Christ. But of him are you in Christ, who, who, who of God is made unto us four things. Four things you, you got to have if you're in Christ. Four things. Four things. Wisdom. How about that? Wisdom, right off the top. That's number one. Paul saying you got to have some wisdom, not the world's wisdom. You got to have some of that Solomon wisdom. Okay, you got to go to God and say, listen, 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 you called me to be a Christian. Maybe, maybe God ain't called us to run an empire like he called Solomon to do, but he called us to live godly in a fallen world. And still, that's an impossible task. Okay, so, so Paul said you need wisdom, biblical wisdom. And then he says, not only that, the biblical wisdom will lead to righteousness. Okay, you want to be the wisdom of God will teach you how to be right with God. So we want to have wisdom. We want to be right with God. I don't want to be wrong with God. And a lot of times I get sidetracked. I'm wrong with God. Guess what I do? I say, you know what? I'm sorry, God. I apologize. Will you forgive me? Okay. Okay. Me and Cindy go through that. You know, y'all sit here and and, and y'all think I'm the perfect husband. Amen. Three things. But, 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 but I, I'm not. I, I hate to disappoint y'all. But I get on Cindy's last nerve. Okay? And I get on her nerve so bad sometimes I just have to say, I'm sorry. I was just not feeling good, you know? And she's, she's like, I ain't going to tell you all everything she say. But, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made, un, made unto us Wisdom, God has made unto us wisdom. Make sure you get all this. See, 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 y'all, see, see. Cindy and I was in Hermitage the other day. We went over to, we go over to Dunham's, that little plaza over there. And then we said, let's stop over here at Arby's and Arby's and make sure and get something to eat. You know, it was my way of taking her out to dinner. And um, so we went to Arby's. Amen. Don't hate. Amen. So, so we went to Arby's and we you know they had the new chicken tender things. So we tried them and Cindy ordered some fries. Lord, guess what? The fries went in the bag. I pulled her car and Cindy went in there and got her fries. Alright. She, she paid for it. It was on the receipt. She went and got her fries. But here's my point. But you, but of him are you in Christ who of God is made unto us. Make sure you get all four of these. Don't leave one. Don't, you want to make sure you got all of this. You want to make sure you got wisdom and you get that from your daily devotions. You get that from your personal prayer life. You get that from your personal Bible study. You get that from talking to people and coming to Bible study and, and, and Sunday school or just 
You got to have wisdom. And then righteousness. We have righteousness. I want to be right with God. I want to be in a right relationship with God, even in this flesh. Okay? Even when I'm having my trials and tribulations, I pray, lead me not unto temptation. Thank you, Lord. He answers them kind of prayers. If you're sincere, you say, God, don't leave me in temptation today. He, he won't. Amen. He's good. Amen. Sanctification. I want to be growing in my walk with God. I want to get stronger and stronger and stronger. If you're here today, if you've not gotten stronger in your walk with God in the last two, three, four, five, six years, then, then there's a problem. You need to get on your knees and say, God, I, I don't know. I heard what he said today. I don't know if I'm getting stronger. You got to be getting stronger. You got to be getting stronger. And I don't mean in a physical way. I'm talking about in a spiritual way. We know the scriptures say, while the outward man prayers, the inward inner man, what? Grows stronger and stronger. I'm not talking about we getting physically strong, but you want to be getting spiritually strong. Okay? Okay? Then the last one, and redemption. So you got wisdom, you got righteousness, you got sanctification, and then redemption. You got to know you're redeemed. You got to know you've been bought. You, you, and you got to know the price that, you, that God paid for you. What was the price that he paid for you? He died on Calvary's cross for you. He took the nails for you. I used to hear the old preacher say he would have he came down here for just one sinner. If it was just you getting saved, he still would have got up on the cross. How about that? How about that? The New Testament saints, the New Testament saints begged. They begged God for wisdom. How about that? Uh, you know, are you a beggar? Are you begging God? God, help me with this scripture. Help me understand this. Help me to be better. You got to be a beggar. Paul, Paul writing, writing to the Ephesian church. He loved the Ephesian church. And he's writing to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 1. He says, he, and he's asking God to, to, to give them strength and to be with them and give them power. Because he knew. These were new believers. These were heathen believers in a, in a fallen world. He knew they was going to come up against it. Okay. So he says this in Ephesians 1.17. He said that the God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You want to pray for your kids? You want to pray for somebody in your life that, that, that you love? Pray that prayer. That God, the father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. There's a big word. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. How many, how many of us got folks that we love and that we, that we deal with on a regular basis that their eyes of their understanding have not been enlightened? They, they, Amen. they still in the dark. Okay. And, and, and for all tense purposes, seem like they like it. Seem like they like it. Arguing and fighting and drinking and getting high and living like fools. You know, here's, here's a prayer form. Yeah. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I like that. That's so good. That's so good. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? We got some wonderful stuff coming our way. Okay? According to the working of his mighty power. Let me, let me give you this one. And, and, and was all in my notes. I, I leave out of the room. I leave out of Sunday school and she grabbed my notes and, and say something. I write out of my notes. But, but Lydia... Lydia was a beggar. 
Lydia, let me say that again. Lydia was a beggar and she was wealthy. She was a, she dealt in purple, meaning she had money, okay? But she knew her money couldn't save her, okay? Watch this story in Acts 16, starting with verse 13. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city to a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the woman which resorted hither. There was all women there. And, 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 and theologians say the reason it was all women, they couldn't, they couldn't have a sanctuary or a synagogue because they didn't have men. They didn't have enough men. And, men, and women, unlike the women today, they can be pastors and preachers and they can run churches. They would, they would, they would run synagogues if, they, if these, this mentality of women went back into to Jesus' day. They would, they would say, look, God, you all wrong. You all wrong. I can do just what a man do. But they was at the riverside because... They didn't have enough men to start a church. Okay. Now watch verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, most likely the leader of the bunch, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, which worshiped God, not Jesus, which worshiped God. She most likely was a, Jew, a convert to Judaism. Okay. She ain't know nothing about Jesus. Okay. She getting ready to because she getting ready to run into somebody who all he talked about was Jesus. Okay. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us with understanding. Okay? He, understanding. That word heard us means they heard what we was talking about and they hadn't heard it before. They hadn't heard about this Savior who died on the cross for the sins of the world. They didn't know about him, but they heard us. Now, how do I know that was what they talked about? Because this was Paul. Paul said, we preach Christ and him crucified. Amen. I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I ain't got a message for everywhere I go. He said, I, I, wherever I go, I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay? I ain't got, you know, this, ain't, this ain't Golden Corral. You got a buffet of messages. Paul said, I preach Christ and him crucified. You know? Somebody like Whitfield, the great preacher Whitfield, and, 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 and they would ask, they said, Whitfield, why you preach John 3.16? You didn't preach it almost 350 times in his life. He said, he, he said, people need to hear it. Amen. People need to hear it. Amen. You know, you don't get old. Y'all know, I, I love John 3.16. I'm going to give you that today sometime in this message. <laughs> and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us. She heard us. Okay? Whose heart the Lord opened. Okay? Whose heart the Lord magnificently opened. God opened her heart after what? After the word of the gospel was proclaimed to her and she understood it and God opened her heart. Mm -hmm. Okay? How did, and, what, and what happened after? What happened after she, her heart was open? Okay? She attended, that she attended the things which were spoken of Paul. So we know what Paul told her. Okay. Look at verse 15. And when she was baptized. How about that? Okay. See, see, see. I don't, I don't believe Paul baptized folks like we baptized folks. See, we baptized folks don't see him no more. <laughs> we, everybody I baptize I don't see no more like God Lee what's in the water it can't be me 
don't see him no more. You know? Like, uh-uh. I mean, I understand it can be traumatic, but we ain't going to do it but once. You ain't got to run. You ain't going to do it every Sunday. I think some of them think, we ain't going to baptize me again. No, just once. I think that was Chester's fault. <laughs> people, people seen Chester baptizing before, they're like, I ain't coming to that crazy church. Folk hitting the bottom. Boom. I'm like, Chester, what you doing, boy? Jeez. Man. That was rock-tized. <laughs> and, when, and when she was baptized, her and her household, watch this, she's a beggar. That word besought me, she's a beggar. She besought us, saying, if thou hast judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. That word constrained me, she pressed him. Okay, Why? Why? Because Lydia wanted to be, she wanted to know all she could about the things of God because you cannot share what you don't know. Amen. Okay? She wanted to be able to share the things of God like Paul shared with her and her people. Okay? She wanted to be a part of that great commission. How about that? How about that? Being a part of that great commission. Everybody can't be a part of the great commission because you got to know something. Amen. Okay? What, let, me, let me read it. Let me read it. Y'all know the great commission. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, Matthew 28, and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now, here's the part that you got to know. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Lydia wanted that. She wanted to be a, a missionary and evangelist. She wanted, she wanted all that. And she constrained Paul. She begged Paul to stay and teach her the things of God. She begged Paul to teach her the things of God. Listen, let's finish up. Let's finish up. Let's finish up. Whew. Little children, verse 21. Keep yourselves from idols. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Think about that. Somebody said, what's an idol, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. What's an idol? Look around. Look around. Look around this church. Look around this church. Look around any church you go to. And, and the reason you have empty seats okay, is because of idolatry. Folks have other things to do. Folks have other places to go. And any, anything that stops you from worshiping God as a believer is idolatry. Okay? So, so well, uh, COVID is idolatry. It's idolatry. Because you ain't stopped doing nothing else but going to church. Okay? Y'all know it. Amen. Flea market probably packed on a nice day like this. Station Square last night, I rolled by there, couldn't get a seat. Ain't nobody worried about COVID but church folks. Amen. <laughs> Ain't that crazy, Sylvia? Ain't that crazy? Gonna be 80,000 people up in Cleveland. They up there now tailgating outside. They've been there since 9 o'clock this morning, drinking, getting high, ready to go in. And that ain't just Cleveland, that's Dallas, that's Pittsburgh, that's St. Louis, that's Detroit. Okay? 
COVID is an idol. You, you know, you know, they had a show. They had a show called American Idol. How about that. How about that. Some of y'all watch that. It never resonated with me. Then they got they got a guy. Jake probably listened to him. Billy Idol. I never listened to Billy Idol. You ever listened to Billy Idol, Joe? Jake? No, I, I know I mess with you. Oh, <laughs> Billy Idol. See his name. His last name. His last name. Margaret ain't Idol. He wasn't born Billy Idol. It's probably Billy Billy Williams or Billy Johnson or something. But he wanted to be an idol. And 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 by all by all my sources, he's probably a very very wealthy entertainer. Okay. Listen. Keep yourselves from idols. Now now, idols can be a whole lot of stuff. Now, okay. It just ain't COVID. Just ain't sports. Amen. Okay. Could be your could be your family. Could be your children. Could be your job. Could be your hobbies. It, it could be it could be anything that's gonna cause you not to be able to do what God would ask you to do. Okay. Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and, and remember, these folks came out of idolatry. You can see, all the churches that Paul planted came out of idolatry. They were heathen churches, okay? So he had to warn them. And John is warning this church because it's made up of people that's made up of non-Jews. And now they're heathens and, and, or Greeks. They're trying to live the Christian life. And, 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 and that idolatry that they were once part of, guess what? Okay? Some of us done done some stuff back in the day that, you know, it don't go away. Every once in a while, every once in a while, they tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, remember me? We used to get high together. We used to run the streets together. We used to chase women together. All that kind of stuff. And these, these heathen nations, these heathen churches were struggling with that thing. Okay? Watch. Paul says, he has to write this to them, and it's a difficult, it's a diff- this is a difficult message. I do mix, I do mix, uh, it's, Installation today. See, the hardest part about preaching is preaching truth. Amen. Okay, you can get up here and tell a bunch of lies, and, and everybody will like you. Amen. Folks don't like truth. That's a hard pill to swallow. That's a hard one to swallow. Listen, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, huh? So, so that would mean if if, if I want say if I wanted to open my own gym, and I say I'm gonna open my own gym, okay? And and I get a guy that wanna partner with me and 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 he ain't about the right thing. He he planned on, hey, look, we're gonna make money, we're gonna sell steroids in here, we're gonna we gonna chip cheat the people out of their memberships, and we go You see what I'm saying? Do not be unequally yoked with unbeliever. Why, Paul? For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? What what would you have to talk about? You ever think about that? I know y'all do, I know I do. You ever try to talk to an unbeliever? And it's a real short conversation most of the time. I mean, I can talk a little bit. I can talk about sports a little bit. I can talk about fishing. I've been watching the Wild Game channel on the TV every once in a while, you know, wild boar hunting. You know, I, but, but sooner or later, we got to start talking about things that, that mean something. Okay? Okay? Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Why, Paul? For what fellowship? Have righteousness with unrighteousness. And what communion have 
light with dark? And what concord have Christ with Belial? And what part have he that believeth with an infidel? About that. Did you see why Paul got his head cut off? Nobody want to hear this. I don't even want to read it. Some of y'all better get mad at me. You know, I got my good friends. You know, I had talked to a Christian. My best friend is a Muslim. Your best friend can be a Muslim. Yo, you can have a co-worker that's a Muslim, you can have an acquaintance that's a Muslim, but your best friend cannot be someone who, and you as a Christian say, well, Allah didn't have no son. Mm-hmm. When all your faith and all what you believe rests on, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And y'all knew I was going to get it in. There it is. Okay? So your best friend can't be someone who don't believe in Jesus. Amen. That makes sense, Thomas. Amen. Your best friend can't be someone out oh, that Jesus stuff, man. Go on with that. Amen. <laughs> no, you go on with that. Okay? I love the Lord. Hmm. Leave that alone, too. I got enough. Now I was talking about, I was talking about the people that Paul was talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they were heathens. And they, when I say heathens, I don't mean it like we might say it. They, they, were just, they were just people who grew up not knowing God. They was, as Paul said in Ephesians, they were far from the love of God, far from the covenant of God. Okay, they was without hope in the world. It's them kind of people who didn't think nothing of, you know, having sex and adultery and drinking. And that was part of their norm. And then they got saved. And then they got saved. Well, guess what? Them habits didn't get saved. Them addictions didn't get saved. And all that kind of stuff didn't get saved. And it's always knocking. It's always, hey, remember me? Remember me? Let me in. Let me in. Paul, Paul writing to them. I'm finished. He's writing to them in 1 Corinthians. Because, you know, we can get a little highfalutin. We can get a little high, high on our hogs. Mm-hmm. He says, he said, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. See, Paul never wavered. Okay? He says, be not deceived. Be not deceived. Okay, one of the names of Satan is a deceiver of the brother. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. See, see, that's a hard message. That's a hard message. When your working player is gay, your whole choir is gay, okay, you got fornicators all over the church. You know they, 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 they have a sex and they're not married. And, 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 and you sitting up here trying to preach this. Okay. You ain't got nothing to say because you need your music. You need your music and you need the money that them, you know, the LGB to bring to your church. Okay, we give pastor. They sleep, you know, they just slip something in your hand. You know, I used to watch the preachers. Somebody walk up to them, slip, slip up a fifty. Hey, you don't know, slip me nothing. I ain't taking nothing. I ain't taking nothing. Okay, because as soon as I take something from you, then I gotta. Oh man, he might give me. I can't preach on his sin no more. Okay, don't give me nothing. I'm like I'm like Abraham. I, I don't want I don't even want I don't want nothing from the king of Sodom. Mm-hmm. Get mine. Okay, I might give you something. But you ain't giving me nothing. I'm gonna preach this gospel. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Straight out the book. Instant. In season. In out of season. Okay. Be not deceived, neither fornicated, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covenants, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall enter, inherit the kingdom of God. Now watch what he's doing. 
This is, these are, these idolatry for these people. This is what they came out of, Margaret. They came out of idolatry. Okay? And we don't want to forget what we, what we had to, to deal with or where we've been delivered from. That ought to be our testimony. Okay? It ought to be our testimony. But Paul says this in verse 11. Okay? I know this is one of Claire's, she loved this verse, but watch what it says. And such were some of you. Amen. Such were some of you. Okay? You all been delivered out of your heathenness. So don't get to beside yourself to thinking, you know, you got it, you, 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 you all that. No, you're not. Okay. You're not. Okay. But you are here. Here we go. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of God. Amen. Let me say that again. It's by the spirit of God. And we're going to boast. What's the song say? Make our boasts where? In the Lord. Make our boasts in the Lord. You got anything to boast about? Don't start with yourself. <laughs> That's a bad place to start. Okay? Start with the Lord. If it had not been the Lord on my side, tell me. Where would I be? Where would I be? Amen. Precious Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for getting me through. Thank you for getting me through, Father God. I know I can depend on you. If I can't depend on nobody else, I know I can depend on you. I got one more to do. Help me there, Lord, too. Amen. We'll continually thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.